0: Reveal, O God, your wonder to our eyes. Open our hearts to Christ's love. Disperse from our minds any darkness and fill our lives with your light. Protect us, O God, from thoughts without action. Guard us from words without life. Grant us wisdom to walk in your ways and open us always to the guiding of your spirit. Amen. Last week, Easter morning, we listened to the story of the resurrection of Jesus. It started in the darkness of morning, and Mary Magdalene entered the garden. She went to the tomb where the body of Jesus was placed. But the body was not there. And to her, what was unthinkable came true. It was not enough for Romans just to kill him. They took his body too. And so she went to get Simon Peter and another disciple, and she showed that the door to the tomb had been opened. The, ro- the rock had been rolled away, and they were afraid, really afraid. So they ran back to the other disciples, but Mary stayed Back in the garden. And she sat outside that empty tomb and she was heartbroken and and angry and frustrated and anxious. But as the story goes on, we read that the tears were momentary. Jesus comes to her and reveals that he is alive, that he is risen. He is risen indeed. And it was Jesus who rolled away the stone. It was Jesus who opened the door of that tomb. And there on the other side of the door, in the garden, is Jesus alive, is life, real life. Death transformed to life. Life transformed against the burden of death. And meanwhile, back in Jerusalem, Simon Peter and the other disciple, who'd run off to find the disciples, find them with this morning's scripture, locked in a house behind closed doors, afraid of what might happen to them if they entered the city. They closed themselves in the tomb of their own fear, and it only seems appropriate But they locked the doors, they shut them up tight, and they tried to remain calm. But they cannot seem to find a place of safety or comfort or peace. Nevertheless, the risen Jesus, after meeting Mary, goes off to meet these disciples. And Jesus defies the boundaries of closed doors. Jesus is not held back by their locked barriers and enters the house where the disciples have gathered. Jesus opens the doors to peace and opens the doors to faith in these disciples. And they respond, my Lord and my God. And then there's Thomas. Thomas, the one who was not there when Jesus entered this locked room, but a week later, we read that the disciples gathered again, and, and Thomas was there this time. And so Jesus approaches Thomas, Thomas who we call the doubter. And this time, Thomas sees and he believes and he responds with faith. But because of this moment, this response, Thomas has earned that nickname, the doubter. And while other model disciples respond instantly to Jesus with faith, Thomas holds on to this news of new life with the reality of the death that they had seen, that they had witnessed. Thomas requires a little more processing than the other disciples. He's the disciple who hasn't On again, off again kind of response. Thomas is not so much, though, about the the facts that we make him out to be. He's more of a let's consider what we don't know about what's happening here kind of disciple. And somehow I think Thomas takes a healthy approach. I think Thomas is a little bit more like the rest of us than maybe some of the other disciples. This resurrection, this raised from the dead, this alive in the world business, it's it's a lot to take in all at once. But there's something to it. There's something to this Jesus who opens the doors of the disciples' house. There's something to the act of opening their fearful hearts to faith. There's something to it because the disciples, including Thomas, still don't have it figured out just yet. A pastor named Peter Cohen Tuff preached the Easter message last Sunday, like so many pastors in so many churches. But one of the things that Peter said was that faith is not about having all the answers, faith really helps us acknowledge our grief. To continue on in life and to continue to struggle with all the questions as well as the heartache that can go with life. What Jesus did when he approached the disciples who were locked behind closed doors, who were Locked behind their grief and fear. Locked behind their inability to know what to do next. Locked behind all that they do not understand about new life or resurrection or Jesus or what is going on. What Jesus did was open them to what is alive. That Christ is alive, yes. And so the love, so is the love and the peace and the joy and the hope that Jesus taught. The stone of the tomb where the crucified Jesus was buried was rolled away. And a door was opened to transform life as we know it. This, we know, is a process. It does not happen through magic in a single moment. It requires living with difficult circumstances And knowing that in opening some door, something alive will be made known where there was once only grief or fear. I think Jesus opened doors that might otherwise be closed. Doors of hate, doors of violence or greed, doors of ignorance or misunderstanding. Doors of confusion, doors of trouble. There are so many human doors waiting for the risen Lord to enter. The doors of exclusion are weighty doors. I believe that Christ is present in communities of welcome and where there are conversations about prejudice and race and gender There is Christ opening doors to something alive. We've seen doors of fundamentalism and religious extremism in the news. They are some very closed doors and there are people crying for peace and acceptance and most recently we've grieved the violence in Sri Lanka on Easter Sunday it was a violence that targeted christian people during worship not long before that we were grieving violence in Christchurch New Zealand it was a violence that targeted muslims in prayer in worship it was not long before that that we were grieving violence in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And once again in San Diego, a violence that targeted Jewish communities practicing Sabbath, living their worship. Such doors seem impossible to open. And yet, yet, Christ is alive Christ is opening doors that bring understanding alive between neighbors. And there are doors of partisanship that affect our faith as well as our politics. Many of the partisan conversations in government are repeated elsewhere, sometimes even church. And yet Christ is opening doors that call people to come alive together. And there are doors of cynicism, doors of cynicism all over, pervasive. It seems that so many cannot trust the motivations of others in the sense that nothing might ever change or way of living that we once knew is not going to return. And, and yet Jesus desires to open the doors to trust, to possibility. We know the doors of food security are closed tight far too often. The need for access to healthy food is a growing problem Globally. Yet it's a problem right here in our neighborhood, in our zip code. Yet God is opening doors to make access possible, opening doors that that we can join in in pushing open more widely, that this church tries to push these doors of food security open quite regularly. There are also doors that to live within ourselves. Doors that are sometimes hard to admit to. Doors of failure, doors of shame, doors of denial, doors that say that we could have done something different. And these are doors that are, we sometimes close on ourselves unfairly, sometimes trapping our emotions and affecting even our own well-being. Yet God opens these doors too to remind us that people, including ourselves, are loved, redeemed, made whole, renewed and restored. Because God is alive. Christ is alive in the world. When so many of these doors these closed doors are opened, God opens them to life. And Jesus, the Word made flesh, God who's taken human form in Jesus, is opening doors in powerful ways so we might live faithful lives. If only, if only we have the courage to walk through them. As well. The open doors don't magically fix our lives or the life of the world. Seeing Christ enter the room, open the door, defies the logic of human life, and these disciples responded, saying, My Lord and my God. It's not a the open door is not a quick solution and easy. Fixed to the woes of the world, the woes of our lives. But resurrection does orient us to discover that God is making life in us and in one another, wherever there might be death or signs of it. For there Christ is alive, creating new life where it may not be Expected. A few weeks ago, the front doors of our church were opened after some years of hiatus. I apologize, it's totally ironic that we forgot to open them this morning. <laughs> They've been closed for a while. And they were opened on Palm Sunday, which, again, another irony, this. Sanctuary. When this sanctuary was built in 1926, the doors were first opened for worship on Palm Sunday. But the doors from Jefferson Avenue into the narthex in the back of the church and then into this sanctuary are now open, literally open, for anyone to walk through on Sunday mornings we have Larry, our building manager, to thank for the effort. I told him that the church would be excited about it, like I was excited about it, and I think I underestimated how excited the church would really be. When Bill Green, our liturgist that morning, announced it right here, the congregation applauded. But truth be told, I've heard from many of you, we've been a church with open doors for a long time, all the while that these doors in the back have been been closed. And but opening these doors made me ask a few questions. Like, what does it mean that these doors are open? Because we do describe ourselves as a church with open doors. And, and as a church, we, we do welcome people of all races and ethnicities to worship here. We welcome gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, and queer people to worship right here. We welcome Detroiters and Gross Pointers and, and even Canadians, eh? I hope so. I was visiting my grandparents in Canada yesterday, so I hope Canadians are welcome. We welcome people of all kinds of backgrounds. And we even welcome those who struggle with the whole idea of faith to come and wrestle among a people who are safe to wrestle with. But what does it mean that these doors are really open, that they're open right now? One might say, oh, now you've really done it. They're really open. But what other doors has God opened and is opening in the church What doors in our lives and in the life of the church is God opening? Is there another welcome that we've withheld that we might offer offer that we weren't aware of? Is there someone else that we might walk with as God walks with us? Is there someone who might belong here because God is calling them here who has not yet found their way through these doors? Maybe. Just maybe. And is there something about our faith lived in here, in the life of the church, in the worship life of the church, that we might carry out of those doors? And into the world. I think there is. And I think we, each of us, sometimes individually, sometimes arm in arm, I think we do this daily. Sometimes knowingly and sometimes not. But we carry our faith in God with us daily. But faith is living with those questions. These kinds of questions. It's living just like Thomas. I won't call him the doubter. For God has opened the doors of our hearts. God has entered in. God is bringing something alive. And we cannot be the same. For Christ is risen, God is alive, the Spirit is moving, and the church, the church will never be the same either. Thanks be to God. Amen.